Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore and a Happy New Year from all of us at the Framestore podcast. To get us started this year, we're switching things up with one of our special two-part episodes as the hotly anticipated Framestore Launchpad Internship is now open for business and taking applications for our programmes in London, Montreal, Vancouver, New York, Chicago and Los Angeles. To celebrate the impact of the Launchpad internship, we invited three former interns to the pod to discuss their experiences on the programme, how it's impacted their career, and of course, have them take on the Framestore podcast dailies questions. Joining us this week are Class of 2022, Tanisha Nagavadia, Junior Previs Artist, and Alex Rabbit, Environments TD, plus 2019 alumni, Look Devon Lighting TD, Christian Morales Malava. We recorded this last week on Riverside FM and what a wonderful and fascinating conversation we had. If you were considering applying for this year's Launchpad, you'd be mad not to listen to this episode. So here we go. Episode 36, part one of our Launchpad special. Enjoy. Happy New Year and welcome back to another episode of the Framestore podcast, our first of 2024, episode 36. To get us started this year, we're switching things up with one of our special episodes focusing on a specific area of Framestore. This week, we celebrate the Framestore Launchpad Internship, which is currently taking applications for our London, Montreal, Vancouver, New York, Chicago and Los Angeles studios. Our prestigious and paid programme offers students the opportunity to work alongside our award-winning global teams, giving successful candidates invaluable first-hand experience, working at the highest possible level. Stay tuned for more information on how to apply at the end of the episode. Normally, as you know, we'd invite one special guest from our global Framestore community to the Framestore podcast daily session where they face our usual 13-question grilling with a willing co-host to take over on part two. But on this episode, we're flexing the format with not one, not two, but three special guests and former Framestore interns who will face down the dailies spread across today's first instalment and Thursday's second part. So in no particular order, we have Tanisha Nagavadia. Tanisha joined the Launchpad internship in the summer of 2022 following her graduation from Bournemouth University. After a successful internship experience, she joined Framestore Pre-Production Services, or FPS, as a junior previs artist where she is to date. Tanisha is currently involved with three major shows that I can't talk about due to the nature of previs, but trust me, they are epic. We have Alex Rabbit. Alex joined the Launchpad internship also in the summer of 2022 via a career as an accomplished sailing instructor and freelance photographer. After his Launchpad experience, Alex quickly secured a role as a Framestore Environments artist, then quickly stepped into a technical director or TD role in September of the same year, where he has been ever since, with credits on last year's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and this year's hotly anticipated Civil War from director Alex Garland. And last but certainly not least, 
we have Christian Morales Malava. Christian joined the Launchpad internship in the summer of 2019 via a role as a 3D generalist working in the Colombian real estate industry. After his internship, he worked as a 3D artist for VFX Studio BUF, returning to Framestore four months later as a look dev and lighting TD, where he's been to date with credits on Jingle Jangle, The Suicide Squad, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, Slumberland, 1899, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Wonka, and this year's hot property, The Fall Guy. So, intro's done. I never get them first time, and I know I say this every time I get them right first time, but I'm saying it again because I get very excited. I can't believe I did that in one take with three of you. Very proud of myself. I'm going to finish the podcast there. But anyway, welcome to the pod, Tanisha, Alex, and Christian. Thank you so much for doing this. How are you? Thank you for having us. Doing great. Great. Doing good. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you're very, very welcome and uh, an esteemed company. I mean, I've been at Framestore for just over two years and I've been involved in the, the internships from a training perspective. Um, but I'm always reminded of the historics and the legacy of the Launchpad internship over the years. And I see all the photos on the promo materials and I see all the, including yourselves, all these established artists, producers, support staff all over the, all over these photos who got their start on the Launchpad. And I just wanted to ask you all, actually, before we get into the dailies questions is, you know, what's your, what, what are your memories of the launch pad? I mean, I know for Tanisha and Alex, it's still fairly recent memory, almost two summers ago. And Christian, or going all the way back to 2019, you're a bit of a veteran considering the credits I've just rolled off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, perhaps starting with, uh, with Christian, um, tell me a bit about your, your memory of the internship. You know, tell me about, you know, your experience back in 2019, pre, pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. Right? You, you're from the, you're from the before times. So. Yeah, I don't know if you guys were at the studio actually doing your internship. Mine was, of course, at the studio. It was really nice. It was really fun. Uh, I remember we actually were two interns. And honestly, at the beginning, I didn't get the internship. It was my friend who, who got it. Mm-hmm. And like two weeks later, I received a phone call saying like, we had a change in production. <laughs> we're allowed to have two lighting interns. Are you available? Come back. I was like, yeah. sure, I'll do it immediately. It was really fun. At the beginning, I was super nervous. I was afraid of maybe breaking up something in the pipeline, being afraid of doing something silly, stupid, mm. asking stupid questions. But no, honestly, it was really fun. Everyone was super welcoming. Uh, I learned so many things. I had the opportunity to work in His Dark Materials, the season one. That was mm. my. Oh, yes, I saw that. Yeah. That was my project as an intern. So great experience. You meet a lot of people. You have that eye-opening experience of what is to be in the visual effects industry. I don't know. It's, it, it was just fun. Do you do so many activities with your interns as well? Like, I don't know. It was a really nice yeah. experience, bonding, making friends all over the place. Mm. I just have great memories of it. Yeah. Are you still in touch with all of your cohort, uh, or particularly those that stayed on at Framestore? Some of them. The thing is, uh, some of them moved to Vancouver. Some of them has changed jobs to other studios but mm. yeah you, you speak some often with them so yeah yeah one of the uh, the quotes on the website compares it to being in hogwarts where you all kind of you'll come in and it's one like a hogwarts uh, uh uh what do they call it house and you'll like live together and hang out together it's just like it's a it's an interesting experience isn't it it's all covered isn't it it's all paid for as well i think it, it must be a great experience to be with the same people 
or maybe a horrible experience, I don't know, <laughs> depending on how well you get on with people. But it must be such a cool thing to be connected to a group of people working towards the same the same thing and, and have the same ambitions. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I know it is. Oh, it's, it's, it's really nice. We all were helping each other. Like, oh, if you have questions here, mm. you have helps over there. Yeah. I know how this could be done. I can help you fixing this, that. So mm. it's a nice growing process. And yeah, working with them, cool. learning together was really nice. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. And I want to come back to you because I want to talk about your uh, experience in Colombia and how you got the, the opportunity, if that makes sense. But I want to get into that en masse as we go through the uh, the questions. But uh, Tanisha and Alex, uh, your, your fairly recent memory, 2022, so more post-pandemic. post. And again, I frame everything around pandemic these days. It's bizarre, like we all do, right? Um, but what are your memories? It's still fairly recent. But perhaps, uh, Tanisha, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, tell me about your experience. And then, Alex, if you want to follow, because I know you both lived in that same uh, accommodation, I imagine, right? So yes, uh, yeah. I'd love to hear more from you both. Yeah, I I wasn't expecting to get the internship, to be honest, because um, oh. I applied for the Previs uh, department and I hadn't heard about Previs until like a few months before the application. Mm. So my reel was very short. I think it was like, I don't know how long, maybe 40 seconds long. And I kept it kind of short and sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have high hopes. But then obviously I got the internship. So I was like really excited about that. And I wasn't sh- entirely sure what like Previs was, I think, um, because for pretty much three years at uni I told myself I didn't like animation so I was very surprised to find out that <laughs> most of previous is animation um and that I enjoyed it on the internship at least and after as well interesting and yeah hanging out with like the other interns it was like really great and like we were in the studio so mm-hmm. I think um only eight of us eight or nine of us were in the studio mm-hmm. um in 22 but yeah, it was really fun. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and actually, what's quite interesting what you said there, uh, Tanisha, about not expecting to get it because out of the three of you, and bearing in mind, I put the word out to a whole group of former interns, and the three of you put your hand up. Is Tanisha? You've probably come from the more traditional route, right? You came through Bournemouth University, whereas I've already said, uh, you know, Alex has come from a, a career in sailing, which I think is fascinating and equally fascinating. Christian working in Colombian real estate, you, you've probably had the more obtuse routine so uh yeah for, for you Tanisha you know what what for you from the kind of more traditional routine to maybe not favoring animation to then changing your mind what was it that that changed for you what was it that kind of uh set you off on that trajectory I think definitely like seeing everyone's like passion and excitement for like the industry and mm-hmm. um like my mentors were really great they sort of like were they were very patient with me and uh like they were aware that I like I've literally never animated before um before the internship so they were very willing to kind of sit down and like explain things to me um and yeah and that I think the passion rubbed off and I I also really enjoy it now um yeah so renewed your love for animation through uh, being around people which is a beautiful thing yeah Uh, how about you Alex tell me about your uh your recollections the summer of 22 I think it was an amazing summer and I think that the thing that comes out of it most is it was the steepest learning curve mm. I think I've ever had. Um, but um, to help with that, everyone at Framestore is absolutely lovely and all the interns are absolutely lovely as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was really, really good. Like Tanisha said, there was only eight of us at the studio. Mm. Uh, I think we all lived in Angel together, which was really nice. nice. Um, you get to know everyone really well and um, it's a, you get to build like a really nice friendship group and then you get to go and do a really cool job every day yeah. and learn so much 
I think what I enjoyed about it as well, before I, I came to the internship, I was worried that they would expect like a lot more of you, but you can completely, like I arrived at Framestore like, uh, not knowing a lot of things and everyone's absolutely fine with that and everyone is willing to help you to uh, yeah. to learn said things so yeah uh, yeah thank you Alex and uh, I think uh, Tanisha you also mentioned mentors uh, I mean how important was the, the the buddy program the mentor kind of program um, that, that you, you were connected to as part of the internship how vital was that to get you through the the eight-week internship perhaps uh, Tanisha can you, you take this one it was I think it was really important for me and just uh, like my mentor would like introduce me to people or mm. tell me that oh you can speak to this person about techvis for example like if i wanted to know more about it so they would really guide us through like the workplace and then also like technically speaking like teach you sort of the the skills that you need and sit uh sit down with you to yeah. go through the sort of the toolkit at Framestore. Yeah, yeah, because it sounds like what you were saying, Alex, actually, that, that it is kind of, there's no expectation that you have to know everything at this point, right? Regardless of your routine, whether it's perhaps arguably a more traditional routine for you, Tanisha, or completely untraditional like Alex and, and, and Christian. I mean, is that your take around, you know, anything goes to help you along? I would say so. I mean, I finished university and then I was familiar with visual effects, but I wouldn't, it was, yeah. it took a while before a, a year or a year of practice. Mm -hmm before I got a portfolio I was really happy with. But when I arrived at Framestore, I had very little experience in industry software. So most of my portfolio was made in Maya, uh, Blender, sorry. And n none of it was really Maya, apart from a couple of really small things. Um, but as soon as I came to Framestore, I was asking like really silly questions. Like, yeah. how do I, how do I move? How do I zoom in in Maya? My, my brain is all like wired for Blender and I don't know the keybinds. And everyone was really helpful and really understanding yeah. of the fact that I didn't know these things, but it was fine. Yeah, I, yeah it was great well you, you'll get to shout out your mentors and, and the official mentor <laughs> questions so i don't want to kind of ruin the daily's questions but it's good to have this initial preamble for sure how about you christian tell me about your mentor and how important it was to your progression oh they were vital definitely without them i think i would have been completely lost in, in the pipeline i had the opportunity to have a mentor that has been in the montreal studio since its beginning mm. so he basically knew everybody oh wow i remember on our first day he gave us another, a tour to the studio he was introducing us to so many people so everyone was really friendly and they explained us the pipeline so smoothly and so nice so it was very important mm. like we had like three different mentors in the lighting, three to four different mentors in the lighting in internship. So mm -hmm. they were vital. Definitely without them, I would have been completely lost. Yeah. Even though have, having a little bit of experience, it's something completely different. Yeah. That's definitely something I've picked up from the uh, being involved in Launchpad in the last two years is you have your mentor mentor, you know, your predetermined mentor who supports you throughout the eight weeks but you're exposed to so many people you have the team you're working with the discipline you're working within and then depending on who you're collaborating with on your personal projects which I'd, I'd like to talk about shortly as well you end up being exposed to all kinds of weird and wonderful departments because you're treated as a member of staff right you're an employee for eight weeks and i think that's quite quite unique i think that you're you're thrown into frame store culture and people and you know is that is that a fair assumption again i'm i'm, I'm looking at from the kind of outside in really from my experience of, of of seeing all of the amazing interns go through these programs but do you um do you get a sense of that christian 
Yes, definitely. Uh, I remember when I was an intern, I was the opportunity to work with some of the guys at FX as well. Mm. I, I did as well a couple of work with modeling. But yeah, no, definitely. You get exposed to all of the other departments and you started meeting people from all of them. So that's that's really nice. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, Tanisha? Did you get that, a lot of that as well? Did you feel connected to the building and the, and the company, not just in your internship bubble? Yeah, definitely. Like, like at Framestore, you know, it's like so many like events after after work or like on the weekends and stuff, just activities for us to do in the eight weeks. So like you get to know each the the other interns, obviously, but um, other colleagues as well and other people um, across Framestore. And I think like for for my personal project, I needed like some rigging help, so I was talking to a rigger and everything. And previous in general, it's quite a, like a generalist mm. department so like there are a lot of different yeah. skills in previous brilliant yeah i mean i think it's uh, i think it's great that it's a, it's a fundamental part of what uh, of what framestore offer is that uh, access to people and my experience working in the visual effects industry is that genuine kind of will to want to help people like i said earlier you have a kind of assigned mentor but everybody wants to to support people everybody wants to pay it forward is what i've seen and all you've got to do is ask the question, right? I mean, uh, I don't want to leave you out, Alex. Was that your experience too? Did your mentoring begin and end with your own mentor or were you also exposed to a wider array of people? Yeah, I was uh, exposed to the whole environments team. Um, basically, the project I was I was on uh, Civil War at the time when I joined. Yes. Um, and on that, I was basically treated as a regular environments artist, which I thought was really nice. Like, I wasn't nice. treated... Perhaps I wasn't perhaps treated as an intern, although I was held to the standards of an intern. They weren't expecting the Mona Lisa in dailies from me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so with that, you end up talking, you, you're given regular tasks and you're not talking to so many people to work out how to do some yeah. tasks. And yeah, you, you really do feel like you're part of the team. It was, it was great. And, and on a day-to-day then, Alex, uh, and again, I want to hear from all of you on this as well, because it feels like a big, a big workload internships have to work through, right? So you're working on live shows. And then you're also um, delivering a personal project. I think it's every Friday uh, throughout the eight weeks. Um, can you tell me a bit about your experience managing both of those? Because working on shows is hard work, right? I mean, yes, you're supported, you've got great mentors, but you are treated as a, as a bona fide artist or whatever discipline you're working in. And then you're still working on this, uh, this personal project, which is kind of from a blank piece of paper all the way to an incredible finished product at the end of the eight weeks. You know, how did you find that? Uh, I thought it, I found it uh, challenging at first, um, but I really got the hang of it towards the end. Um, I think like the biggest thing that I, I learned from it was time management. Oh yeah, and nice. setting expectations for myself because realistically, the, the internship was eight weeks, which is eight Fridays to work on a personal project, hmm. and then how everything else is working on the show. Yeah, so time management became a big part of it. But it's when you're working on a personal project, you can still go and ask everyone you've been working with on your shows and say, hey, I'm doing my personal project. Uh, can you help me with this, this or this? And they will happily come over and uh, tell you what they think you could do, uh, what software you can use, how to use it. But doing the personal project alongside the show was great mm. because everything you also learned on the show, then you could yeah. apply to your personal project Absolutely. and it would really elevate it. And what was your personal project, Alex, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, it was a aircraft hangar, like a, like a sci-fi aircraft hangar. And I wanted to... Um, Typically, my personal projects beforehand had all been like outdoors and uh, organic landscapes. And I wanted to do something that was completely different and very much out my comfort zone because I thought if I'm going to push myself, now is the place to do it where everyone around me 
definitely knows the answer to my questions. So yeah, an aircraft hangar, which is somewhere still on the network, I think. Um, I'll have to dig it out. Bound to be somewhere. Nothing gets deleted around here. (laughs) No. (laughs) Cool. No, nice one, Alex. Thank you. Uh, What about you, Christian? What was your experience of the balancing act of uh, personal projects and work? And I'd love to know what your personal project was as well. I think I can relate uh, what Alex was saying at the beginning. Time managing was a bit of uh, stress. You, you kind of feel like I was getting behind on my personal project. So I was like, oh God, I need to finish this. I need to do this faster. Really, it, it was just developing a new skill type management. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my personal project, as we were two lighting interns, we did the project together. He was more focused on look dev stuff. I was more into lighting stuff. So okay. we decided to create a composition in different lighting scenarios and, and it was food. So we used some oranges and some liquids and we just set that up with different lighting scenarios to be able to see how the asset, the, the materials react in different circumstances. So nice. that was our personal project. We worked together as well with the texture intern. So she was doing the textures, I was doing the lighting, the other guy was doing the look dev. So it was a full project between three people. Yeah, wow. So not only did you learn time management, but collaboration as well with yeah. uh, three interns working together. That's, uh, that's that's cool. I like that. Yeah, that was really nice. Brilliant. And what about you, Tanisha? Tell me about your was similar experience or different or how was it for you? Mine was actually quite different um, because mm. um, because of the fast nature of previs, I wasn't actually put on a show because the turnarounds tend to be quite quick. Um, yeah. There's usually deadlines once or twice a week at least. So I worked my personal project the whole eight weeks. Um, The first two weeks were focused on training. And the last week we technically weren't really supposed to be working on our personal project. So I think (laughs) in total I had about, I'm trying to do the maths in my head, five weeks to do my personal project, which is a lot more than everyone else who had like a Friday Eight Fridays. I'm feeling the daggers already from Christian and Alex. <laughs> Bringing back all of these, uh, yeah, <laughs> these pent-up memories. So I sat in on uh, Loki season two dailies. Um, oh, nice. I can talk about that, I think, because that's been released. That's out in the world, yeah. So I sat in on dailies, um, I think, for like the first two, three weeks. And that was also like really interesting to see, like just how um, people present their work and show their progress. But I think the fact that I was working on my personal project for five weeks, I set my expectations very high for myself and like for my personal project. I think I had a really ambitious project in mind. Um, <laughs> similar to like how Alex said, is like I wanted to do something complicated-ish um, because people around me would um, be able to help me yeah the most um, yeah, of course you're in the right place that was my experience brilliant well three very different experiences i love how these podcasts work out because again like i said earlier i just put the word out and you kind of get this perfect fit like all three of you have had such really interesting experiences different projects different disciplines and roles i just think it's really cool so i'm i'm in danger of forgetting we're recording this because it's actually a really interesting conversation and i'm also very aware that the podcast gods will be angry with me if i don't drop the dramatic sound effect after 25 minutes of uh, really interesting chat. So I figure there's a lot I want to get into, but I think we're going to tease it out as we go through the questions around career breaks, mentoring. So we'll keep peppering our conversation with your your memories of the internship, but hopefully we'll find out a bit more about you as professionals and, and uh, artists as well. So uh, if you're ready and down for it, I'm ready to drop the very scary dramatic sound effect if you are. So are you, are you, are you prepared? Are you ready? It's the first episode of 2024. Right. No pressure, right? 
How you feeling? All good. All good. Yeah, yeah. Unanimous. That's what we like to hear. Enthusiasm. All right. I'm going to drop the dramatic sound effect from on high. And we are well and truly into the dailies. Now, the first question is always a funny one because uh, I've been meaning to change it for years, which is uh, who, where, what? Who are you? Where are you? And what are you working on? but only if you're allowed to talk about it. That we know for a fact Tunisia cannot talk about anything she's working on. You can be as obtuse and out there if you want to, but um, tell us where you are and tell us what you're working on. You don't have to name the show. You can be cryptic or you can just say, look, no comment. I know Tunisia. I've got, I can feel it coming from Tunisia already. So perhaps we'll start with Tunisia. Who, who, where, what? Well, I'm Tunisia. Um, I'm in London and silence, I guess. So pure silence, exactly, as expected. And Christian. I'm Christian. I am currently at Montreal and I cannot say which project I'm working on either, but I just got to say it's really cool. I really really wanted to work in this movie and I'm really happy working on it. There's so many cool shows in the in the building when i say in the building i'm talking the global building you know as a metaphor um but yeah it must be so frustrating not to be able to talk about it because i'm dying to know but i'm not allowed to i have to bleep everything out otherwise Uh, so thank you christian and of course last but not least alex who where what uh, I'm Alex. I'm also working at Framestore London in Environments, and I'll lean on the side of caution as well and not say uh, what project I'm working on, just in case. But it's very cool and it's very fun. Next, and it's kind of what I wanted to do for a long time. So yeah, brilliant. So we've got all, all these career ambitions met so early on in your careers, folks. That's uh, super cool. Now I'm going to bypass question two because I've already established how long you've all worked here because we talked about the, the launch pad. So I'm going to dive straight into our third question which I'm really interested in because we've talked a bit about how you got connected to the internship and a bit about your backgrounds. But the question is, how did you get your break in the VFX industry? Now, I'm going to let you answer that however you want to, because I'm assuming you're going to talk about how you got onto the internship, but perhaps it's earlier than that, or people consider breaks very differently. Some people have a moment, some people have a job or a program like we're talking about today. And I'm going to ask Christian first, um, how did you get your break in the VFX industry? Well, long story short, I always wanted to work in movies. Like that was kind of my dreams when I was uh, a little kid. I love watching the behind the scenes of all the movies. I had the opportunity to do my university back in Colombia. So I learned 3D over there and I got the opportunity to work in real estate doing architectural render. So that was my first introduction to lighting and materials. And I remember one day I was at uh, the Seagraph convention that it happens in Colombia. And there was a girl talking about how she was working as a lighting in Pixar. And I really liked the way she was explaining her job. But like, you know what? I want to do something like that. I think it's pretty cool what she's doing. That's what I want to do. So I decided to look for studies abroad in Colombia. I found Montreal, which was like... A huge city for visual effects so it was like there's a cool opportunity here to study find a job go into the industry learn french as well and yeah i just came to canada i study uh, my college introduced us to frame store like hey this this company exists they have a launchpad program so i was like i'm gonna apply for the launchpad and i'm gonna get a job over there that was my goal and basically that's what happened 
Love that. Love that. I love those, these stories where it, it comes from somebody speaking or a little bit of a catalyst moment where it's like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then you have a succession of events that then happen from there on in. So us sitting on this podcast now. Do you remember who the person was who spoke from Pixar out of interest? No, I don't remember her name. I remember she was Colombian as well, yeah. but I forgot her name. She was uh, lead lighting in Toy Story three back in the time okay. and she was showing her work at up as well Ricky. so like what she does is incredible i like putting the mood on the scene i like all of that like little details i want to do that that's so cool but no i i forgot her name honestly but she was colombian she, she was, was colombian, colombian right you said. yes so wow, was that quite inspiring exactly i was like hey another colombian is working in movies at pixar like i i'm able to do that as well then it's possible that's cool so yeah that was a huge inspiration. I mean, that's classic see it, be it for me. Like, a, you know, you see somebody kind of from your part of the world who's working at such a prestigious studio. I just think that's a great, a great start and a great answer, Christian. Thank you. Welcome. Um, what about you, Tanisha? How did you discover the internship? Or actually, no, I'll ask the question. How did you get your break? What was the, what's the story? Tell us about it. Well, as you said, I was at Bournemouth. Um, and so I had a pretty traditional route in theory. Um, when I was at uni, like my course was the technical arts course. So I actually learned um, a lot of coding as well as like the art side of things. But I did prefer art, even though I, I kind of know how to code. Hmm. Apparently, I shouldn't tell anyone that. But um, <laughs> So we can bleep it out. But I did prefer even though I, I kind of know. Apparently, I shouldn't tell um and yeah so for a long time I and even going into my final year at uni I thought I'd go into concept art or even 2d animation which is completely the opposite of what my degree was even telling me to do and then in third year we had this unit called the masterclass unit and uh that's a unit that's set by uh different studios Mm -hmm. and you get to pick um a brief our year was the first year frame store set brief and um it was a previous masterclass and i found the pitch because all the studios they pitch like the brief to the students and then we pick and i found the pitch like super interesting and i was like i've never heard of previous before this is so cool it's sounds really fun and really creative okay. and i picked that instead of i, I think i was going to originally go with like a dneg modeling brief um instead and yeah i picked that and i really enjoyed it but the problem was is that like my whole year I'd planned it out so that like concept art would be like the area I go mm-hmm. into. So all my projects were more focused on concept art than they were in previous or animation. So mm-hmm. in my final year, I actually didn't really work on like my previous skills as much as maybe I wanted to. And then, yeah, so for my for my application for the Launchpad internship, I sent my masterclass, which, is, um, which was also set by Framestore. Mm-hmm. And I added like, some really bad photography that I did on my phone um and that was about it and then yeah rest is history how interesting um do you I mean this is me being very ignorant but um I know a bit about previous I know a bit about concept art was there anything from your concept art skills that you could transfer into the work of kind of previous was there anything transferable yeah, uh, I think so. Um, so I, I used to at least uh, draw a lot more like uh, environment pieces and like um, sort of like cinematic kind of illustrations and stuff. And yeah. that's, I think, quite important in previous because you need to you need cinematic knowledge and understand like 
cinema language and that kind of thing so that's definitely useful and also I I enjoyed storyboarding as well um that was something I was also kind of improving my skills in Mm -hmm. and that's actually quite similar to previous because previous is just it's kind of 3d storyboarding yeah some live storyboard yeah exactly that's really interesting. Interesting. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's keep this kind of train chugging along and, and hear from Alex then. What what was your big break? Do you think? What was uh, your way in? I think Christy and I sounds like we had like similar introductions. Um, while I was at university, I was doing three D as well, and I knew I kind of wanted to do something with three D, but I didn't know what. Yeah. Like I was kind of leaning towards modeling, um, but it wasn't like uh, my my heart wasn't set on it. I didn't quite know where I wanted to go, and then a environment td who went to my university came and did a talk for us and told us all about his job um and talked about what he did and what projects he worked on and i was like oh this is so cool i didn't know this was a job and i think very much from that day i was like i i want to do that so cool in my final years of uni you were able to kind of tailor your, what you did towards what you wanted to do after you left so i very much kind of leaned in towards i want to do environment art 3d environment art and tailored uh, all my personal projects and my university projects towards that and then I uh, left university worked on a portfolio for a year and then I got a email uh, one like February evening about um launchpad um, from my uni and I applied for it and I thought ah, I probably won't get it but I'll apply anyway <laughs> and then uh, randomly I got an email one day uh, saying oh we'd like to have you for an interview and and here I am two years later awesome so that. yeah I mean, what, I'm fascinated by these moments where somebody comes to your college or you go to Seagraph or you can, you know, whatever happens to you and you just meet these people and they inspire you on a career path or set you off on a trajectory, as I mentioned earlier. I mean, Alex, what was it about that environment uh, artist or that environment's TD? What I'm hearing is you, you, you see this presentation and then you're like, I want to do that and I'm going to put all my energy into doing that. So I'm changing the course of my life now because of this person spoke what was it about that person that made you want to do that i think again it was like how passionate they were about it and how confident they were talking about it and it was like yeah this is this is what i do this is really cool you guys can do it too if you yeah. if you want and um yeah also i had like an interest in landscape photography hmm. and when covid hit my student loan had come in not long before and i'd spent a lot of my student loan on a camera which I now couldn't use. Um, investment. So I was like, oh, well, this is the kind of a perfect storm of me not being able to leave the house um, <laughs> with a camera. Um, I might as well <laughs> learn some environment art and really throw myself into it. And I absolutely loved it. Amazing, amazing. Three really cool stories. Three kind of quite, yeah, similar but different in its own way to Christian's as well. Like, you know, that somebody actually came to your university, whereas Christian, you went out to Seagraph, right? And bought a ticket and saw somebody from your part of the world on stage so you know really cool really cool well i'm sure we'll come back to these but uh, my next question is the the big cheesy question that i i'm contractually obliged to ask which is uh what's the best thing about being part of frame stores let's go in the other the opposite order let's let's start with alex and finish with christian so alex tell me what's the best thing about being part of frame store i think it's how easy it is to or how welcoming it is to learn things here yeah still like when i was talking about the internship before i was so i'm sure everybody at some point couldn't say they were worried about how they were going to do and like is the work going to be good enough of course um but what i like about Framestore is that it's it's fine like it's always like a learning process you're always learning and everyone's always learning um and everyone's very accepting of that and encouraging of it yeah that's my favorite thing about Framestore. there's 
very little pressure to be delivering the Mona Lisa every day. Yeah. Um, and it massively benefits me as an artist, I think, to not have to, I can take time to learn things rather than thinking, oh God, I, I got to do what I, only what I know. The only method I know when I can take the time to learn a better and more efficient method. Yeah. So yeah, room to learn. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I, I in my role in, in the training team, I found that because previously the tr training was always the responsibility of the training team. And absolutely, you know, we have that responsibility. But there's so much proactive learning that happens all over the business, like whole departments do their own thing, create their own learning initiatives, mentoring, buddying. Um, it's really inspiring, actually. And whenever there's downtime, the first thing people think of is, right, what can I learn? What can we do? What, how can we up our game? So I think that's a really, really great start. Thank you, Alex. Tanisha, what's the best thing about working at Framestore for you? So basically what Alex said, um, <laughs> but also... That it's it's really nice to be surrounded by so many passionate and talented people, like people who love their job, because um, that rubs off on you. You know, like you're working with these people all day, five days a week, and it's important that everyone's like, enjoying what they do. And I think that definitely comes across. And also, like everyone's just so helpful, even if you've got like a stupid problem, quote unquote. Yeah. No one like judges you for not knowing something simple. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool on the podcast a lot about what I call perceived stupid questions. Like there's, you know, this is the classic adage, there's no such thing as a stupid question. And actually having that kind of uh, beat into you, I think is really good from the internship, actually, like you've all said, you know, that you that was licensed to ask all the questions, right? So I think uh, having that continuation post, post internship, I think is really cool. Thank you, Tanisha. What about you, Christian? What's the best thing about working at Framestore over in uh, Montreal? I was going to answer something very similar but i'm gonna change my answer and i'm gonna say like creating incredible jobs incredible movies doing awesome stuff with really cool people yeah so you see the passion of everybody that works on those projects so you do incredible job fantastic movies serious shows and you can see the love and you mm -hmm. can feel the love and the passion that everybody puts into it so i think that's very inspiring and that's very nice and that helps you go through it and give you what you want to give you vest as well yeah brilliant three different answers everybody always says to people which i think absolutely has its place and uh, if you listen to the smash cut we did on the last episode i think it's on every episode but i love that we've kind of got the learning culture we've got the people and we've got the uh, the shows and the work and the projects right so i think it's uh, all of those intertwined really sums it up as one whole which is really cool and actually finishing on shows is a wonderful segue into my next question seamless right it's like it's like you had the question sent beforehand is uh, if you could recommend one show that truly showcases Framestore at its best it's technically the Framestore you'd show to an alien or, or the show you'd show to your parents to uh, to articulate what it is you actually do yeah so let's start with uh, we're going to uh, start with Tanisha so it's not something I've worked on, yeah, but cool. um, 1899, I thought was really cool. It's a shame it's been cancelled. I know, that was bad news. So I loved it, um, but I thought it was so cool, like with the with the whole LED volume and everything that they did, and FPS was a big part of that. Um, so I've heard a lot about it from colleagues, and yeah. it's, it's super cool. And then I thought Loki season two was also really great. Um, I'm biased because I saw it being made. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in 1899, I saw Christian's uh, eyes light up because you got credited on 1899, right? 
Yes, I was like, thank you. Thank you for saying, for mentioning that. You're welcome. I loved it. It was amazing. It was an amazing piece of work. And it was, it's, I mean, I'm not going to badmouth Netflix on this podcast. Not that we've got like that level of listenership yet. Uh, I'm not expecting to be sued by Netflix, but it was such a short-sighted move to cancel that show. Yeah. I think it was brilliant. It was so original and so out there and it deserved its place. And uh, and it was so groundbreaking, as you say, Tanishi, you know, the whole kind of LED volumes and it was a big kind of, uh, stake in the ground for FPS, wasn't it? Yeah, it was cool to see the behind the scenes and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely included that, didn't they, in the extras on, yeah. on Netflix as well. Good answer. And of course, nothing wrong with uh, mentioning a show that you had access to with Loki season <laughs> two. I've still not watched it, shamefully, shamefully. So nobody tell me off working my way through all the sh- uh, frame store properties. Okay, so Alex, uh, what's your go to frame store show? What would you wheel out for a, an alien uh, species? It's hard to not be a bit biased toward projects I worked on, but. <laughs> Uh, I'd say maybe something like Guardians 3. Yeah. Because it made a lot of people cry. And I thought, in a, in a good way, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think something like Guardians 3, I think Framestore probably almost every department yeah, yeah. had something to do with Guardians 3. Um, I, I would say something like that. Rocket looks amazing. The environments look amazing. Yeah, that's um, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, it all just looks, it all looks amazing. Uh, really, really good. It's, uh, I would say that's it. Also, Blade Runner 2049, I thought was really cool. Yeah. And I really like the environments in that frame still worked on. Yeah, they're great environments, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I always kind of say, I mean, I talk about, you could pause any moment in that film. A bit like June as well. I know we didn't technically work on all of that as much as we did with Blade Runner. But uh, you could you could press pause and frame anything on the screen because it just looks so beautiful. Guardians 3, you both worked on it, right? You both credited. Did your paths cross at any point? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. they did, did no. they? No. It's a lot of people worked on it, right? It was a massive crew. Am I right in saying it was frame stores like first every single site worked on it? Was that right? Uh, I think we were London, Montreal and Vancouver so. from right. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I think it was just the three of us, yes. yeah. Yeah. Were Mumbai not involved? I should probably do my research, shouldn't I? <laughs> not get it recorded forever. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it's a great example though, because it is, I always talk about Guardians being a great example of visual effects done well, because it's set in such a gonzo crazy universe that nothing you see is in the real world, right? So you've kind of got that at play. You've got the amazing creature work that we're famous for. And then you've got the emo- the emotive piece. Um, you know, there's that great... Uh, reel that we've got which is the creature emotion reel which is all of these creatures getting upset basically and it's really quite touching and uh there wasn't a dry eye in the house so definitely when i watched uh, guardians 3 on both both sittings both in their theaters and uh and on uh, on disney plus but it's uh, it's a great example it definitely ticks all the boxes and uh, and rocket is a kind of a showboat um asset isn't he i mean it's uh yeah, it's a big one. Okay, we we go. We, we're doing well here with these examples. So we've got Tanisha and Alex uh, got eighteen ninety nine Loki season two Guardians three. Christian, I wouldn't like to follow that. What have you got for us? I was going to mention Guardians three as well. It's not for being biased, but it's an incredible project. It was amazing how we treat the creatures, Rocket, uh, Cosmo, the dog that was, that was well developed by us. It was incredible. Mm. Groot, like. It was an amazing project. A lot of sides of frames were working together. I just can say it was. I think it's frames at its peak. It's it's, mm. it's 
really good. Okay, fair enough. I'll let you have that. That's fine. Good, good. Well, uh, really good. I enjoy the little geeky section there. It's always good to kind of talk about frame store shows and nothing wrong with a little bit of self-promotion talking about the shows you're credited on. No, 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 no shame, but a good, a good thing. Uh, absolutely right and proper. So we're going to move into kind of your respective roles now. Um, and this is an interesting question, which is what is a common myth about your job role or field of expertise? So uh, Christian, you work in uh, dev and lighting. So what is a common myth that you come across a lot or what, what do people get wrong about uh, look dev and, and lighting i don't know maybe i'll say people think it's very easy one click thing to do maybe that applies to all of our jobs hmm. uh they don't think that for look dev you really take in consideration the proper the physical properties of the material little details things that a lot of people don't pay attention but like the little layer of dust that you add on top of your assets just making it look a little more more real or just some scratches changes of the spec i don't know i think that's type of thing people think it's just like one texture Mm. it's applies to the model and it's done yeah nothing else happens like no it's not just the texture you need to go into the whole process of creating the material yeah and when i try to explain that to people they don't understand what i do Mm. or when i say oh i'm a lighting artist what do you do no, I put lights in the 3D space. Oh, that's interesting. We don't understand, but it's okay. It sounds fine. <laughs> that's a good example. And uh, yeah, I mean, I come across that a lot. I mean, I do a lot of kind of outreach events and speak to a lot of young people about the different kind of roles. And I always talk from a kind of every man perspective because I don't work in your departments. I'm not kind of, yeah, I'm not going into it deeply. But the whole idea that, you know, you're creating these things, these creatures, these assets, these characters from nothing, from literally muscle system skeleton fur and then you've got to get the lighting right otherwise it just doesn't look like it's in the right place it doesn't look believable and you've got to people have to suspend their disbelief in 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 yeah when they watch shows otherwise they just don't buy into it and actually it is that layer of dust or that little reflection or that little bit of light hitting i don't know a character's forehead or a pair of glasses or i don't know whatever it is it could be a tiny thing gets missed and it just doesn't look like it belongs in that space. I just think it's a, it's a really interesting one and uh, definitely, definitely taken for granted within these four walls. Um, But perhaps in the outside world, it's uh, something that is taken for granted for sure. So yeah, great answer. Thank you, Christian. Uh, What about the world of environments then that kind of almost I've touched on kind of, you know, characters existing within environments, you know, what's the, what's the common myth about uh, your part of the world, Alex? I think I didn't. I didn't quite know what the common misconceptions were before I I came to Framestore and met uh, other people. A lot of people were thought, "Oh, yeah, it's just a lot of trees, isn't it?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just forests. <laughs> it's just forests. That's what we did. No, uh, there's, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot more than uh, trees. Um, I didn't realize how much environments actually did. So environments will do a bit of look, a bit of lighting, and um, they'll do props. Anything that's kind of mid ground set extensions. Um, you do so much. A crazy amount of uh, you do look dev um, modeling, um, deal with photo scans, which is quite fun and quite cool. Yeah, I find that at Framestore we're almost generalists. Yeah, uh, I think the only thing we probably don't do is animation and creatures. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. at some point environments will probably we touch lighting, look dev, a bunch of other yeah. things. But yeah, that's it's a, it's a huge department and it covers a broad broad area. Yeah, I think a lot of people get the whole the whole kind of 
the methodology of, of environments kind of mixed up with old Hollywood where you would have that kind of like painted backdrop just gets dropped in the background and actors kind of behave in front of it like they're on stage um, and actually it's so much more to it than just a, a backdrop right yes yeah yeah I, I also didn't write it was environments is split into kind of two departments so there's map painting and 3d environments which is mm. where I am yeah and there's so much so much uh, more than a painting now yeah. um on guardians we did a lot of look dev um or I, I did a lot of look dev on the spaceport where rocket escapes in fact mostly my my mm. tasks on that were to just look dev on, on the show it was a lot of scattering of i think like little rocks and things that really make the final image pop and things that you don't really think about like yeah. little bits of pebbles that get caught up in certain areas bits of things that people might have dropped on the floor or making places look lived in yeah uh, and i think it's it's really easy to tell when environments haven't touched it yet because it doesn't quite look lived in yeah how do you build that skill set of interest you know to make a, an environment look like it's just a, a regular space i think for, um it's tricky it depends i guess for me like i depends on what it is like i think i'm quite good at natural environments mm. uh, guardians was quite a learning curve for me because well it's uh, i had to do a spaceport and i don't <laughs> I don't think anyone has a lot of experience on what a spaceport should look like. Um, so making that look look lived in was a challenge. But yeah. I think for me, it comes from photography and understanding what makes a nice image composition and what you expect to see yeah. in certain areas and what will happen to certain materials if people touch them too much. Mm. Yeah. It's also like think about how people move in environments as well. Um, on the image composition, I mean, obviously your background in photography must have must help you as well. I, yeah, I think it does. Um Especially when we're doing like layout for shots, it kind of helps to get or get a nice layout. Really, mm. um, it, yeah. it's quite. I think it's something that anyone can really pick up to get a, to learn composing a shot. But yeah, I think I think it helps. It also helps to understand a bit of lighting. Mm. That's something I am still learning at Frame Stories how to how to light shots properly and effectively make it look nice. Uh, but the skills from photography is basically working it backwards. So when you take a nice picture, you've got to work out why is it a nice picture. What what, why is the composition nice? Why is the lighting nice? Why is the subject nice? And then yeah. how do you translate that to 3D? So how do I make this subject look nice in 3D? How do I make the lighting look nice in 3D? And a lot of the yeah. time it comes down to cheating the lighting um, and <laughs> cheating the composition. And, yeah. Brilliant. And, and yeah, as a, as a lighter Christian, you know, this could be a match made in heaven. You might be able to do a little bit of reverse mentoring here. <laughs> um, Christian, uh, your, uh, your role in lighting, out of interest, uh, so I'm kind of going back to, to your answer. You know, do you have a kind of a, a appreciation of photography that helps you with your role as a, in lighting? Or, or is that something you developed while you were at Framestore or even your previous role? Well, actually, a lot of lighters are photographers. They really like to take pictures and yeah. see the compositions and lighting in, nat in its natural environment. So most of us are photographers. I'm an amateur photographer. I'm not an expert, mm -hmm. but I like to take pictures and, yeah, you do and stuff like that. And as well, I think having an eye about what's happening in the real life every day outside, it really helps you as a lighting artist to just see yeah. how everything reacts, how everything should look. Those little details like, oh, yeah. the light here the rays that comes from the sky, the decomposition. I don't know, it's something like that, but yeah. That's cool. It's a cool craft to learn, I think, you know, just how light interplays with things. And, you know, same with environments as well. I think it's, uh, you know, outside of the day-to-day -day working on shots and projects, just kind of, you know, in your spare time, just soaking up the world around you. I just think it's super cool. So I'm geeking out a little bit here. Tanisha, uh, Previs, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by Previs. 
equally. Um, Vincent Opetti did an amazing uh, presentation at the BU Festival for us last year on uh, on the previs on The Last of Us, which we are allowed to talk talk about now. And now that's all out there in the world and got nominated, but didn't win any Golden Globes, which is a travesty. Um, but I'd love to hear about you know the, the misconceptions around previs because I love the I love how previs informs the look of the final show. I'm going to stop talking. Tanisha, what's a common myth about working in previs? Well, I think for me, it was that it doesn't exist. Like, I didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, I thought, I don't know, directors just sort things out on set. They, they're in charge. They, they send the plates off to, to VFX houses and, you know, mm. boom, film's done. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, previs exists and it's really important. It's there to help with the planning and it helps uh, the on-set crews to actually execute the shots how the director wants it. Um, mm-hmm. That's TechViz, which is what we do as well. We do all the like, planning. And yeah, it also means that sometimes previous artists get to go on set as well, uh, which isn't as common for other like VFX roles. And then also that you don't get to see the end result of previous on screen. Like, I think that's a myth yeah. because mm-hmm. um, like the end result can mean like two different things. You know, it could mean the final pixel and the final image you see, or it could mean um, the idea that uh, previous artists put forward, which is like telling the animator what to animate for the next few months of their life. Um, That's also kind of an end result. So yeah, I think, I don't know. It's to me, it was like, I obviously didn't think that previous existed or or knew about it (laughs) until a few months before I applied for the internship. (laughs) So, and here we are. Exactly. That's cool. I mean, what I was kind of garbling on about earlier was the last of us previous and how I was a big fan of the show. And just seeing the previous after I'd watched the show and just seeing how it literally frame for frame, color palette, the whole shebang of that previous just was what we saw on screen. And I don't think there's enough appreciation for, yeah. for you know for previous in that respect. I'm not talking from within frame store, so I'm hitting my microphone, but from the you know, the outside that, you know, that's the that's where the kind of ideas come together and then it's over to the VFX houses to pull it all to, yeah, to to emulate that, but obviously they're a bit slicker, I guess. But um yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Well, that was part one. If you would like to apply for this year's 2024 Launchpad Internship Scheme, you can find the link in the episode show notes for more information on the programme and, of course, the application itself. Please note that applications close on the 22nd of March 2024. Join us for part two of the Framestore podcast out this Thursday as we continue to talk all things Launchpad and, of course, tackle the rest of the daily's questions. See you then.